0: Welcome to Suspending the Rules, the Bloomberg Government's weekly look at what's happening in Congress. Congress is back in town following a week off for Independence Day, and they're facing a three-week sprint to their annual August recess while staring down a gauntlet of annual spending bills, the debt limit, and the specter of sequestration. Welcome to Suspending the Rules from Bloomberg Government. I'm Adam Taylor.
1: And I'm Danielle Parnas. The House, having already laid down its marker on 10 of the 12 annual funding bills, will focus this week on the annual defense policy bill known as the National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA. We had BGov defense reporters Roxana Tyrone and Travis Tritton on a few weeks back to talk about the Senate's version, and they return now to help us break down the House bill. Welcome back. Thanks for having us back.
2: Hey, good morning.
0: So uh, we started that last show asking what the big stories, the big items in the Senate bill were. Same question for the House. What, what are the big top line items in this one?
3: So the big top line items in, in the House bill, first of all, is the overall number that it authorizes, which is $730 uh, billion, according to the House Armed Services Committee Democrats. That is um, a much lower number than the Senate the Senate authorizes. So that's, that's one uh, big difference. But it also has uh, a bunch of policies and a bunch of provisions that are not in the Senate bill, including barring funding on uh, border barriers essentially closing down Guantanamo Bay and also a huge number of amendments uh, pending to the bill. But there's a couple other potential topics that might be coming up as they debate, uh, including Basically, barring the president from going to war with Iran. So, essentially, a new uh, authorization uh, for the use of uh, military force. So, so, you have a few, you have a, a sort of a, a bill that is sort of a magnet for a lot of policies, uh, military, uh, some of them social policies as well. So, I think it's going to be a very busy and, and long week uh, when it comes to debating national defense in the House.
1: So, of course, a lot of those policies you mentioned are, you know, the Democrats' priorities and them putting their stamp on this bill now that they control the House. Can you tell us a little more about some of those policy riders, like the border barrier, for example? We've seen that come up in a lot of bills, whether it's the spending bills or, um, you know, other authorization measures. So what are they doing here Exactly
2: right. The Democrats are taking a hard stance uh, against the administration efforts to try to build uh, the border barriers. Uh, You know, earlier this year, Trump, uh, they had the government shut down. And after that, Trump decided that he was going to tap the military to fund these barriers on the border. And they've got some of that money in the pipeline. But what Democrats are doing in this authorization bill is they're saying that uh, the administration can't use any authorized money past or present uh, to build those barriers, which, you know, would create a huge problem uh, for Trump trying to uh, fulfill this, you know, core campaign promise
0: that he had. And that's a big shift from the Senate version, which would essentially bless the transfer of
2: money by replenishing the accounts that the money would be drawn from, right? Absolutely, yeah. They were gonna refill the, those accounts. And I, I think the administration is looking at roughly $8 billion. Um, they've got about 2.5 that's in the pipeline now um, that's uh, actually being held up uh, over in, in the courts at this point. But this uh, bill, uh, if it does get through, which I, I kind of doubt at this point, but if it did get through, it, it would uh, bring all of that kind of to a screeching halt.
3: And also, you have the other bigger issue. I think that, particularly with Republicans, both in the Senate and the House, is uh, Guantanamo Bay um, essentially closing, um, including provisions that essentially would lead to the closure of the, the naval prison um, in Cuba. Um, and I think Republicans have argued that it needs to stay open. Uh, Democrats uh, basically are arguing that it's a it's a it's a bad symbol for the United States to keep uh, to keep that uh, prison open, um, and that you know uh, United States prisons can can handle, um, you know, the detainees uh, there. Uh, you also have a couple other issues that you didn't see in the Senate that I think the Republicans are finding uh, troubling, a reduction in, in nuclear weapon spending and a ban on putting um, low yield, uh, basically nuclear warheads on submarines. And I think that was sort of the line that the Republicans drew during the markup of the bill, where they said, you know, this. Reduction in nuclear weapons, this ban on including uh, low-yield warheads on submarines, is is a line that they can't cross. So I think you're going to see a lot of that in the um, on the floor uh, debating and and basically trying to change the bill in the favor of increasing nuclear weapon spending, increasing the top line. But it probably looks unlikely for the Republicans to win on that.
1: So, you know, considering this this opposition that we're seeing from the Republicans and what it's going to what the debate's going to look like on the floor this week, what do we think the overall
3: prospects of this this version of the bill are? Well, I think I think it it has a a good it has a chance to pass, obviously, but I think it's going to be tighter than in previous years for a couple of reasons. One, the Republicans seem basically hellbent on voting against this bill. Uh, it's, it's pretty much a strategy that they've picked uh, from the beginning uh, using the top line, uh, the 730 billion which is a reason uh, using the nuclear weapons funding. and I think they're sort of you know their strategy is to, to keep on opposing this bill. And then and that's
1: o- unusual um, in general, right because Republicans are usually pushing this forward pretty aggressively, right?
3: That's correct. And they like to be seen as very strong on national security. But I think their argument is they have the Senate with a top line of $750 billion. They have the president who's a Republican who requested $750 billion. And so they are probably going, they're thinking they're going into conference, into negotiations with the Senate with the upper hand. But you also have the Democrats who basically um, are also split on, on defense uh, in many ways. And you have the more progressive Democrats who don't want to spend $730 billion on defense and who recently have complained that the the Congressional Budget Office has scored the bill a little higher than what the committee said. So uh, basically, the the bill scored three billion higher than uh, what the Democrats in the House Armed Services Committee said it would uh, score as. So so they're already uh, saying seven hundred thirty billion is a lot of money. Now you're adding even more money to it. You know authorization uh, an an extra three billion authorization. So so you're going to have a contingent of Democrats voting against this bill. Uh, but it's not clear that you know it's going to be a, a very high number of democrats voting against this bill so so that's why i think it's it's very likely to squeak through
0: you mentioned that there are going to be a lot of amendments as of monday morning there've been more than 650 amendments submitted to the rules committee for for consideration what should we expect to see
2: when the bill actually hits the floor i think it's likely that we'll see another aumf debate um, uh, Ro Khanna and uh, Matt Gaetz, uh, opposite parties, opposite ends of the political spectrum, have come together on an amendment that they would like to see a vote on that would require Congress to weigh in if, if the administration wants to go to war with Iran. And uh, obviously we saw a similar uh, debate in the Senate. you know, legislation that failed on that side. Um, So it'd be interesting to see how that might play out in the House side, and it's possible that it it might uh, be approved on the House side coming through. Um, And obviously that's a very uh, touchy political debate. That would be very heated, I think.
3: Yes, it's definitely going to hold up negotiations with the Senate, especially if it makes it on the House bill. But I think you're going to see definitely um, the AUMF debate is a debate that, um, you know, Democrats and some Republicans have been itching to have. So they think that the defense authorization bill is a perfect, uh, perfect ground for for this debate. And and you're going to see hundreds of amendments probably making it to the floor just because it's the tradition um, for the defense authorization bill. And you're going to see late night debates um, and you're going to see at some point uh, some agreement between Democrats and Republicans to to put these uh, amendments on block and and just uh, move through their approval. But this year is very different from previous years, so it could just it could just drag on for the rest of the week.
0: I want to go back to the AUMF question, we, we saw it come up in the Senate, there were some weird procedural uh, aspects to it, but the, the Senate did vote on a, a proposed amendment, they voted it down to require congressional input before the President uh, takes any military action against Iran. Can we talk about
2: what happened in the Senate, just to switch gears for a second? Um, yeah. Well, uh, what you saw is uh, the Democrats uh, widely backing um, this initiative. There's a lot of concern uh, among the Democrats that we could get into a new war in the Middle East uh, with Iran. Um, and there have been a, there's been a lot of tension. And so I think a lot of those concerns are legitimate at this point. Um, but what you saw is they needed to peel off um, a, a number of Republicans. They didn't get that. I think they got four in the end. And uh, what you saw kind of like the Ro Khanna and the Matt Gates relationship in the House is that you see some uh, Republicans that are on the farther right who are worried about the war powers. They have been for years bringing this up and they ended up coming across and supporting it, but it wasn't enough to bring it across the finish line.
3: And I think you saw the probably the longest vote in in the Senate's uh, recent history. It was open from uh, five a.m. till about um, sometime in the afternoon. I think about four p.m. or so. And you also saw uh, the minority leader Chuck Schumer presiding over <laughs> over the Senate at some point. Uh, so it, it it did make history in in for many reasons, uh, including the procedural and the the politics of it and the po- policy debate of it.
0: Right. It was an, a vote on an amendment after the after, final vote of the bill. Correct.
3: <laughs> yes, that was going to be attached to the bill had it been successful. Uh, so, so I think I think it's sort of a precursor to what you might see in conference with uh, with the Armed Services Committee uh, or the conference between the Armed Services Committees on this bill and the Senate and the House. And I think I think it is likely to slow some of the things down. So,
1: when um, looking ahead to potential conference committee, um, you know, what do you think the Democrats' plans are going into this? You mentioned that Republicans, at least in the House, feel they have the upper hand because of the 750 billion dollars um, in the Senate version. Uh, where do you think we'd even end
3: up on a top line number? Likely in between. <laughs> I think the top line number uh, also depends on what the Senate and the House leaders and and President Trump are, are going to come up with. Uh, they've been they've been trying to negotiate on on a budget deal. We still have the Budget Control Act basically for fiscal twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, which means that if they don't reach a deal, defense is going to be cut drastically next fiscal year and the fiscal year after. So so it is it, basically there is pressure to find. Um, some agreement on Government spending, and obviously the disagreement is be- between uh, the, the Republicans and the Democrats over domestic spending. The Democrats want to proportionally increase domestic spending to basically match up with with defense, uh, proportionally speaking. That's where you see these agreements. Obviously, you see these agreements on on immigration issues, on on border funding. So, so none of those issues have been have been basically resolved um, in in budget in budget negotiations. In fact, they have stalled. So so ultimately, the defense authorization bill might not matter in terms of the overall funding, just because they need to figure out a way to um, to solve the spending issue. So, so you're going to see. Uh, the Budget Control Act really matter when they come to the defense spending bills. The defense authorization bill actually, for our listeners, does not count against the Budget Control Act. It's an authorization bill. So technically, they could authorize as much money as they want. They could go to $800 billion if they wanted to, and it wouldn't matter. But it does set the tone, and it's very important in terms of in terms of authorizing uh, policies and, and basically pay raises for the troops. So so it does have an importance and it does have to pass. It's considered a must-pass bill. But in terms of the top line number, they may have to go and, and revise during uh, conference negotiations if the leaders are finding um, some agreement over what spending should be for fiscal 2020 and fiscal 21.
2: I suspect that uh, once the bills make it to conference, that the uh, House Democrats are going to end up giving up some ground on some of these uh, more hot-button issues like uh, border barriers and Guantanamo and the AUMF, if it actually does uh, make it to to conference. And... uh, You Remember, some of the difference in the top-line numbers, uh, House Democrats have said part of that is because of the border barriers, because they're blocking any funding for that and the requested funding for the military. So that will account for some of that. So we might see the top-line number um, rising if there is some money to replenish some of those funds in there.
3: And remember, it's a give and take in negotiations with the Senate, and you have some very seasoned politicians doing the bidding. And so you always, you know, you, you know, they agree to give something up in exchange for something else. We don't know yet what the Democrats really, really want to keep, but I'm getting the sense that based on the um, based on the debate over nuclear weapons, that that's a line that they don't don't want to cross at all. Uh, but um, I think it's yet to be seen uh, where they're willing to bend.
0: You mentioned this is a must-pass piece of legislation, and like many must-pass bills, the Senate version had uh, some ride-alongs with it. We saw the intelligence authorization jump on board, uh, which hasn't actually passed since fiscal 2017, unlike the, the defense authorization, which has been passed for, I think, more than 50 years consecutively.
3: 58.
0: Um, There are some other reauthorizations in there. The Maritime Administration was reauthorized or would be reauthorized by the Senate bill and some new sanctions targeting uh, fentanyl traffickers in there as well.
3: Correct. Yes. I mean, the, the Senate bill actually was was a, a, a great ride along for legislation that wouldn't have passed by itself, including some Korea sanctions uh, as well. And the way they went about it actually was kind of um, not in the dark of the night, but basically behind closed doors, because they they had agreed on about 93 amendments that they basically attached to the bill you know, Democrats and Republicans agreed on it, um, but they never quite described what's in those amendments. Uh, you know, uh, Bloomberg government actually went and, and went amendment by amendment to see what they were. And that's how we discovered that they were gonna attach uh, complete bills to the defense authorization bill. So, so we'll see. It's possible that, you know, in negotiations with, with the House that the in, in intelligence authorization bill will stay because, you know, it's, it's probably not as controversial as, as we might think.
1: And we know the House is actually planning to move its own version of the Intel measure um, at some point in the next few weeks. So, you know, that could also set up uh, negotiations on something like that. Absolutely.
0: Roxana Tyrone and Travis Tritton are reporters covering the Defense Department for Bloomberg Government. Find all their coverage and the Legislative Analyst Team's analysis of the House and Senate versions of the NDAA at bgov.com.
1: That does it for this episode. We will be back next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Suspending the Rules. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Find more on the subjects we discussed today and a whole lot more from Bloomberg Government at about.bgov.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at bgov. The legislative analyst team is Sarah Babbage, Noreen Chowdhury, Danielle Parnas, Michael Smallberg, and me, Adam Taylor. Our editor is Adam Shank. Nico Enzalada is our sound engineer. Our theme music is Home Organ by Zach Nesita. More information on that can be found at premiumbeat.com.
1: Cases and Controversies is all about the Supreme Court. The oh, come on. Words. You know, come on. Well, I agree Be with serious. you. Be serious. We sit down with leading practitioners and scholars to break down these cases. I mean,
3: I'm glad you brought that up, so I didn't have
1: to. <laughs> but, uh, oh, I interesting, that. Right? that is See?
3: interesting. I guess my imagination is running
1: wild. <laughs> <coughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tune in every week for our deep dive and sneak peek episodes wherever you get your podcasts.
2: As always, check out the latest at news.bloomberglaw.com.
1: <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.